This is the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help sales and marketing professionals, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build, leverage, and monetize their influence in digital and social media. Hey everyone, this is Neil Schaefer. Welcome to episode number 164 of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. My mission is to help you grow your business through looking at digital and social media marketing a little bit differently through the lens of digital influence. Well, before we move on to today's show, we've had a few episodes that have covered sort of how to pivot during the coronavirus And it was a few days ago when I was interviewed on a radio show for Sirius XM Radio that I was asked, and I believe it was the third or fourth day of the George Floyd protests, I was asked on the air, Neil, how should brands respond? And, you know, I think it was Mike Tyson who has the famous quote, everything is great until you wake up, you open the door and someone punches you in the face. Life is unpredictable. And we as marketers, as entrepreneurs, as brands, always need to understand, as I've been saying in my most recent presentations, that we are here to serve society. It has been heartwarming to see so many companies come out in various forms of communication to support Black Lives Matter, to say that there is no place for racism in their business, in their communities that they serve, or in society in general. And I also want to repeat that fact, that there is no place for racism, and it is a shame that it takes so many deaths of innocent people to raise awareness of the situation, but hopefully we all understand our in agreement that Black Lives Matter, and that we will all play our role in helping ensure that current and future generations will not have to live with racism anywhere. I also want to take the opportunity to thank the 99.9% of law enforcement professionals who risk their lives every day to protect us and who also are not using excessive force when they are dealing with others. So as I begin this podcast, I just want to reiterate and make it very, very clear that we were all born equal and we all deserve to be treated equal. Okay, that is not something that is out of the way. We know that uh, racism is is systematic in, in many cultures, societies, communities. So this is only the beginning of what I hope becomes a true long-term solution And that is all that I want to say on the subject. Obviously, this podcast does not cover societal issues, but in in this way, because we are serving society through marketing, we all have to answer up and have a voice. And I hope that you will also help bear this responsibility to share your voice with your customers and your communities in any way that you think is suitable for your brand. So let's move on to the episode today. Today is an interview with my friend, I should say someone that's become a friend over the last few months, Farzad Rashidi, who is the co-founder of not only one of the leading infographics platforms out there called Vizme, V-I-S-M-E, maybe some of you have heard about them, but also of a new tool that many of you may not have heard of called Respana. Now, digital influence 
is built on building communities and getting recognition in those communities for your influence, which often comes from a growing follower base and obviously the engagement that you build over time. Now, I brought this up in the interview that I had with Cyrus Shepard from Moz recently, this notion of digital influence. And when you have a website, how do you get more authority in Google's eyes? How do you build influence for your website? Well, the only way to build engagement from a website, or I should say big way of doing that, in Google's eyes, it's to actually have other people throughout the internet mentioning your name, and more importantly, linking to your website. Now, the early days of influencer marketing, we saw tools called blogger outreach tools. And the notion is that if we reach out to other bloggers, and if they are commonly linking out to other sites of authority, maybe by developing a relationship with them, they will somehow link to our blog, our resource, our website. And maybe if you have your own website, you've received some of these messages. So Respond is a tool though that goes way beyond that because many of these blogger outreach tools that you get really end up spending a lot of spam. And maybe they're effective 1% of the time, but 99% of the time, they irritate a lot of people out there, a lot of webmasters, including myself. So Respana is a latecomer. And what's really interesting is that Respana was built from Vizme's own best practices in blogger outreach. Now, if you saw me speak at Social Media Marketing World this year, just before the lockdown, I actually used the example of Respana, well, I should say a Vizme, because they are a infographic tool creator or, or they provide that tool to allow you to create infographics, they will create a weekly infographic and create a blog post around it. Well, they did one around the Game of Thrones right before the final season started, basing the infographic around predictions as the who will rule Westeros. And the results that they got that I shared at Social Media Marketing World are mind-blowing in terms of the number of backlinks, the mentions that they got from famous publications and ultimately the additional traffic that they got to their website. So based on their successes, and they've had a lot of successes, they built this tool and it is truly a game changer. I have already been using it for a few different objectives. And most recently, after this interview, just over the last few days, they added the new capability to actually automatically respond to Harrow or help a reporter out queries very, very efficiently pretty much automate the process or semi-automate the process inside the tool. This is the first sort of hack or automation that I've seen for Help a Reporter Out. And if you listen to one of the recommended podcasts on my top 10 social media marketing podcasts, I recommend you follow in 2020. It's a blog post that I'll put a link to in the show notes as well. I do mention The Blogging Millionaire, one of my favorite podcasts. And on a most recent episode, uh, he was mentioning that Harrow, or Help a Reporter Out, is one of the most effective ways to build backlinks as you really give all of your best advice to reporters that are looking for information and content to write their own articles, news pieces, their blog posts. So that is sort of a preview of what we're going to talk about. But um, Farzad really has a lot of great advice. Obviously, you know, the importance of organic traffic, how to properly research and create quality content and landing pages, all the way to get how to get your content ranked for your target keywords, all with this background of this amazing tool that they've built. So I hope you'll give it a listen. I really think you're going to enjoy the interview. It is it's very, very insightful. All the links will be in the show notes. And without further ado, let's move on to the interview. Hey, everybody. Neil Schaefer here. 
Thanks again for tuning in to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. As always, I try to find the most interesting, the most intelligent, the most inspirational, the most insightful people to interview so that you can best, well, build, leverage, and monetize your influence. And today we're going to be talking about something that directly leads into that notion of building influence. One of the things that I talk about in the age of influence, and for those of you that saw me speak at Social Media Marketing World or elsewhere, I threw up this slide. And I'm asking everybody that if you don't redefine your previous conceptions about influencer marketing just being about paying Instagrammers money to take a photo and post it, um, you miss out on the potential. And I talk a lot about this in the book. So I threw up this slide, right? And I'm like, tell me, do you think any of these are influencer marketing? And one of them was blogger outreach. So blogger outreach has been going on for a while. You reach out to bloggers. You hope they talk about your product. Maybe they make a review of your product, or maybe you want them to link back to your website. And most people in the room actually at Social Media Marketing World, at least those that responded, uh, did agree that was influencer marketing. So some types of influencer marketing have been around for longer than others. And blogger outreach, right, has been around the longest because really when we talk about digital influence, right, you have influence in emails and having a big list. You have, e you have influence across all these different social media channels and you have influence on the web. And influence on the web means that when someone searches for a solution that you can provide, you show up higher in the search results. And that's where those backlinks come in. So blogger outreach, however, is a lot more than just that. And I could think of no one else to have on today than the co-founder of a, well, it's not just a blogger outreach tool. It does a lot more than that, like I said, but the co-founder of this tool called Respana. And if you saw me at Social Media Marketing World or speaking recently, I showed this Game of Thrones infographic that got you know featured in Men's Health and got all these backlinks and these comments and social shares. And uh, it was so successful that the company that created that blog post, that infographic, VizMe, decided to actually create a tool to help other marketers do what they did. Uh, that tool is called Respana. Uh, so uh, without further ado, Farzad Rashidi, co-founder of Respana, welcome to the podcast. Uh, glad to be here, Neil. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Really excited for the interview. Cool. So Farzad, why don't you first sort of introduce yourself and sort of give a 36,000 foot view of, of what exactly Respana is. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. So I'm Minus Farzard. Now, as you mentioned, I'm actually the director of marketing at Visme, the all-in-one presentation infographic creation tool. I'm sure some of your audience actually have heard of us. If not, ouch. I, <laughs> um, we're similar to you know tools of such as Canva or Prezi, if you've heard of those. And basically, we have recently publishing or I would say release a new product called Respona, which is kind of a sister company to Visme, which basically is built for allowing businesses to connect with relevant bloggers and journalists in their space to spread the word about a company. Uh, obviously, link building is a big focus, but it's also in a matter of, is a matter of you know, building social credibility and basically getting mentioned on posts that actually would potentially drive referral traffic to your website as well. Awesome. So it, it's really about just engaging with, I mean, primarily it's people that publish content on the internet, like bloggers, but it could also be, I know you added the ability to search for podcasters and I've been able to actually book myself as a guest on several podcasts within a few days by spending five minutes using the tool. So just to give you a glimpse of how powerful it is, we what we want to talk about today is skyrocketing your qualified organic traffic. So you want to, monetizing your influence often happens on your website, right? And in order to do that, you need to get traffic. 
and you want to get organic traffic because it's free, but you want to make sure it's also qualified. So let's, let's just look at, you know, organic traffic 101. So you mentioned, Farzad, when we talked about doing this interview before, this hockey stick level of growth and why it's important. So talk to us about, you know, your views on organically getting traffic and how to, you know, wh- why that sort of growth, why it's not only important, but it's also possible to achieve. Absolutely, for sure. And I'm more than happy to kind of dive a little deeper on that. So just to kind of give you an example of what I mean by that. So let's say if you're like a beekeeper, right, and you have a honey making business and to, you know, there are two ways to attract bees to come make honey for you, aka your customers, right? You either can go to the jungle, try to chase after bees and, you know, set up traps and how many bees can you can find in a day versus you can actually build a garden, right, plant some seeds on there. And, you know, grow some flowers and let the bees come to you. And then over time, you can actually expand that garden, right? So and you're still having the bees that are keep coming to your garden and, you know, kind of you kind of build on top of that instead of having to start over every time you make a sale. So the same kind of applies to the business world, right? So a lot of people are actually doing cold outreach, which is, you know, good to start off. It's not something that uh, we found to be very scalable because you still have to go, you know, you make a sale, you get a customer, to get a new customer, you have to go out there again and try knocking on doors to spam people. So just to kind of give you a little bit of a backstory. So in 2013, when uh, Vizme's founder, Paymon, actually started the company, we were a completely bootstrap startup, right? We had raised zero dollars in outside funding, was completely self-funded. And, you know, we're going against folks like, you know, Canva or raised over 150 million, Prezi had raised over 50 mil, right? And we were at zero. So they were pouring all this cash into paid ads and, uh, you know, basically building their brand. And we had zero brand recognition. So we were extremely reliant on organic search. So just to kind of give you a little overview now, Vizme over, I think, we're close to 5 million users now. We're over 4.5 million users, doubling our user base year over year. Uh, and we are getting one and a half million organic visits to our site every single month. Wow. And so that's basically been, and we are still a bootstrap company, close to 50 employees, profitable, and we're not looking for any outside funding. So just to kind of take a step back at the time to build our organic traffic machine, what we started doing was basically putting out a lot of quality content on our blog, you know, similar to what you were doing also. And we basically started doing some keyword research, built landing pages for our specific target keywords, let's say infographic tool, presentation software, et cetera. And guess what happened? <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing. It was crickets. It was nobody come to our site because these keywords were very competitive, right? So mm-hmm. we wanted to get ourselves ranked for those keywords just simply because it was dominated by a lot of big guys in the industry. So what we soon realized was we were like, okay, so let's try to figure out how this algorithm works, right? So as a customer, if I'm going on to, let's say, find a tool to make presentation or infographic, which is what Vizme is, Mm -hmm. if I were to do that, the first thing I would do is to go on to Google and look up infographic tool or best presentation tools, right? And whatever comes up first, (laughs) these are the ones I normally go and check out, right? Try to do demos with them and and make a decision from there. So the rest of the tools in the market that are not ranking are pretty much irrelevant. So we're like, okay, let's try to find out how Google prioritizes out of hundreds of millions of search results that basically are competing for that, those specific keywords to rank in the top 10 and ideal in the top three. So we realized that, you know, aside from the on-page factors, which is like, yes, the quality of your content, the bounce rate, et cetera, et cetera, 
course, that are basically under your control. The, the most important factor was the off-page stuff. So what other relevant authoritative sources like neilschafer.com, <laughs> right, would actually link to you or are talking about you. So, and that was our aha moment. We were like, that's great. So let's try to track those backlinks and try to actually connect with these relevant folks and try to incentivize these guys to link back to our site, not only just to get those backlinks to bump up our domain rating and be able to rank uh, ourselves, you know, for our target keywords. But at the same time, when you are linking to another website, that also it's an introduction to the audience, right? That builds social credibility. That actually increases your referral traffic as well, coming from other sources. So if you go on, let's say, on Google and look up like best infographic tool or best presentation tool, I think the first article that pops up, which is like a feature snippet also, it's a Jeff Bell's article, right? And and they mentioned VizMe at the top. And we're getting a ton of customers just by that one article that one influencer is, you know, has mentioned us. Uh, or we're getting, I'm sure we're getting some, some traffic and traction coming to VizMe and respond just by Neil Schaefer talking about us on social media world, right? So us getting connected with folks that have an audience is actually what has been the main driving factor of users. So over time, when you do this consistently, that you kind of build up that backlink profile, right? That enables your website to be ranked right now. VizMe has a DR of, I think, 81 now in Ahrefs. Wow. So we're pretty much able to rank for pretty much any keyword that we want. So that that you can build on top of. And now we're putting out in lots of content and growing the organic traffic from there. And Farzan, that's just such an amazing story. And that's almost like, you know, the dream uh, to be able to get that sort of or traffic organically. And you speak to something that, you know, we talk about the different ways in which you can yield influence. And in digital, it's all about showing up in Google search results. And in order to show up in Google search results, you know, when I, when I talk about blogging, you need to do your keyword research, right? And you had mentioned the fact that, you know, you're, you're competing for obviously very, very popular keywords with, with a lot of competitors, right? But at least you did your keyword research to figure out what might be more competitive keywords or less competitive, and then you can create the content. Obviously, you created great content, long-form content, including infographics, which are great because people stay on your page longer. That's great for SEO. But the missing link that most people forget are the backlinks. Now, SEO pros know this. But most small business owners and entrepreneurs, they're like, I'll just hire someone for SEO without realizing, you know, those backlinks have to be relevant, right? And they have to be valuable ones. You can get 10 million backlinks from a domain authority one site that is just some farm somewhere overseas that's just creating millions and millions of websites. It actually penalizes you, right, from Absolutely. the way we know the Google algorithm works. So that's just a great, a great example of the need to get backlinks because otherwise – you publish content and it's crickets. And I've been there as well. And I'm sure, you know, I've been doing this for a while. It gets better <laughs> over time because you build up your domain authority on the internet. Absolutely. But at the beginning, yeah, it's crickets. And that's a great way to expose others to your content and to build relationships with influencers like like a Jeff Ballas, right? I mean, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's all pieces of the puzzle, right? None yeah. of the work. So you need to have your keyword research. Yes, finding opportunities, right? and basically writing content that people are actually looking for and is somewhat relevant to what you do. And then you write a very high quality piece of content, you know, have custom graphics or infographics or some sort of sharing factor. And basically you put it on your website, you promote it on social, you send it to your newsletter, you do all that good stuff, but to actually set it up on a kind of a evergreen type of machine that keeps bringing traffic to your site and, you know, to that 
specific blog post. So what we call an 80-20 rule at Vizme, and mm-hmm. we say, okay, uh, we spend four times the amount of time we spend on creating content, promoting that content to receive a positive ROI in the time that we spend creating that piece of content because we spend a lot of time and resources on those and want to make sure that we that we get basically enough value so for it, for it to be worth it for us to keep doing this long term. You know, it's like they say, and I just finished writing a book, obviously, you know, writing a book is 20% of the work, 80% exactly. is promoting it. And most people with content, they just stop, publish the blog post, maybe share it once on social media, right? And obviously sharing on social media is one thing you should be doing, but there's a lot more you can be doing to promote that content on the internet, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yes, for sure. And that's exactly what we agree. So I actually, funny enough, you mentioned that I have your book, by the way, on my to-do read list. Oh, <laughs> or to thank read you. Yes, <laughs> that's the thing. But I'm actually I wrote a, a ebook myself while we were building Respond, and it was kind of a, a kind of an intro or kind of a transition from Visme to Respond for me. And that was called uh, Marketing Strategies. Marketing Strategies We Used to Bootstrap Visme from zero, zero to Four Million Users. This is where we kind of go through in depth in, into individual steps of basically how to you know. Uh, find these opportunity keywords, how to prioritize them, how to write the content, how to promote the content, how to build a relationship with other folks. And and that took us about 450 hours to write. And I, I wow. actually sat there myself and wrote it over 10 months. And <laughs> obviously we had some editors to come and you know, correct my embarrassing grammar mistakes and, you know, graphics and to make it look pretty, et cetera. But, you know, what we're like, well, after we're done, we're like, that's great, but <laughs> now we have to spend four times that amount of time promoting this ebook. And, I know, thankfully, you know, within like the six, 60 days after we launched it, we got over 10,000 downloads and et cetera. Yeah, well, of course, it's a free ebook, so <laughs> we're cheating here in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. It is definitely the most important part after you're done creating content. Yeah, and I'm going to make sure I put a link to the ebook in the show notes because that's where I got the case study of that Game of Thrones infographic, right, that, that you had introduced to me. So um, anyway, it's, it's a great read for everybody uh, if you want to find out more, not just Visme's success story, but also how you can leverage that same information and experience for you and your brand. So we, we talked about that backlink creation and, and sort of outreach part. That's one part of the equation. I sort of mentioned the other two parts being the keyword research and then writing quality content. So how do you go about, or how is Visme, because you've been such an expert at this, you know, properly researching and after researching, creating quality content for your blog, for landing pages, what's, what advice would you give our listeners there? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I don't consider myself an expert at all. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, based on my experience, at least that that I can speak to each content creation, we have a process set up. Uh, we actually use a tool like Notion that we actually have like a board uh, that we keep track of every step that actually starts out from keyword research. And keyword research for us is a lot more than just, you know, running a bunch of, you know, or brainstorm some keywords and running through a traps and trying to just you know, gadget based on volume. What we do is actually we first go and do a content gap analysis, see what are some of the keywords that our competitors are ranking for that we are not. Some of the driving traffic factors for our competitors that we're not utilizing on. What are some of the, you know, keywords that we 
need to rank for that is you know directly relevant to our product or the new lines of product that we are ranking for that. And then once we do that, we basically have different variations of those keywords that we run through a keyword research tool. And then I actually come up with this little formula, which is actually very simple. We call this the opportunity score, which actually you multiply different factors based on the cost per click of the uh, keyword, which is kind of, you know, somewhat indicator of the commercial intent normally, because if, you know, advertisers are willing to bid for those keywords, that means that they're generating revenue from it. So that's somewhat of a factor uh, mm-hmm. for it. And also, of course, not necessarily the volume, but actually the click that, that the, you know, the SERP results receive for that keyword, because a lot of the times Google actually creates feature snippets for some of the keywords that take away the traffic because people normally get their answer. So it doesn't really kind of hurts the rest of the folks, our rest of the search results that are in the first page because there's a feature snippet that already gives you the answer. So the, the clicks that each keyword receives and, and a couple other factors like keyword difficulty, how, how, you know, how many backlinks we need to rank for those keywords. So anyways, we have the keywords and we come up with the topic that, uh, you know, based on user intent that, okay, what are people actually looking for? And normally when we do that, we try to analyze the first pre- or the articles that are already ranking for that keyword in the first page. And we're like, okay, so Google obviously have trial and error, you know, based on trial and error, try to figure out, okay, here are the topics or here are these uh, basically subtopics that we need to cover based on what other, you know, articles have been written on that specific keyword and then expand from there, right? So make sure it's comprehensive. And then basically once we have that topic and create the outline based on user intent, then it goes to our writers team where they basically start writing the content. We don't do keyword stuffing or any of that stuff. It's our outdated methods. We write a quality piece of content that people actually enjoy reading. And then once we do, it gets passed on to our design team, and we basically create some sort of a graphic asset. And that's what we call it. We normally create an infographic for it because we can then go and do outreach on that infographic. And that's kind of a sharing factor for the for the article because people come across that infographic, they share the infographic, but guess where it's going to be linked to? to the blog post, right? We actually use our own tool to, of course, create all these graphic assets. And then once we push it out on our blog, then of course we have another process. It gets chopped up chopped up into social media posts. And then we send it, you know, we ha- include it in our newsletter. And then it gets passed on to our outreach team. And that's where real, the real work begins, right? Where we actually start looking up. We For every single article, we reach out normally to four groups of people. And again, I'm not going to cover all of them because obviously we have a limited amount of time here. Right. <laughs> but normally, like the, the groups of people that we reach out to are, one, the people that we already have mentioned in the article, right? So let's say if I have in, uh, included you in our article, I hit you up and like, hey, Neil, just publish a new blog post on Vizmi's blog. And we you know, reference your article they, re- they wrote on, let's say, influencer marketing, et cetera. Uh, feel free to take a look and let me know what you think, right? I, no pushy, no basically try to be helpful and sound friendly and personable. And then you as another, you know, fellow human being, you see that you're like, oh, that's great. This guy actually have mentioned me, you know, included a link to my blog post. You know, most of the time, not obviously always, but you give us a shout out on social or, you know, you give us another mention. So it's kind of a, you know, reciprocate, a reciprocated type of favor, I would say, in a way. And so and that's, that's step one. You know, step two is to actually, you know, after we reach out to the folks that we've mentioned, we reach out to folks that basically have backlink to a less deserving article and provide some sort of incentive for those guys to either replace or add on our article to the existing article I've written. Uh, this is what we call a reverse skyscraper technique, where basically Brian Dean says, oh, try to see whether you are finding articles that are like, 
and uh, have a very high number of backlinks, but they're not very high quality. But we, what we do is that we create a piece of content, then we go chase after backlinks that have, you know, linked to a less deserving article, and then we hit them up like, hey man, just realized, you know, you, you guys have linked to this article from, you know, X, Y, and Z blog. And uh, by the way, we have, you know, produced a more comprehensive uh, blog post. Here's how it's different. Feel free to take a look. And by the way, I'm more than happy to let's say share that article with the edition with our social team. We have like 100,000 social media followers to drive more traffic or happen to run some ads to it or some sort of other incentive that we offer. So it's worth the 30 seconds of your time to actually go in and take action. And in a one out of 10, two out of 10 people actually do that. And so right now we're sending, you know, only each full-time average person of business sending over, you know, I would say 50, 60 emails a week and they're generating, you know, close to 15 backlinks every single week. And they're all DR60 plus backlinks. Put two and two together, that's around 20 some percent success rate, which is outrageous for our link building. And that comes down to uh, personalizing each pitch because I'm sure you're getting bombarded by emails. Hi, Neil, I'm a big fan of Name Up Blog. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. never heard of you before, but okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what you do is like spam or delete or archive, right? you don't even bother to read the whole email when you come across that templated structure. So personalization is a big piece for us. And another side is also scalability. So making sure that you are still hitting up a good amount of people because not everybody's actually going to respond to email. So you want to make sure that you're you know, reaching out to quite a few people to be able to generate some tangible results. So Farzad, you brought up and there's a lot of, there's so much I want to talk about what you just said, but I just want to start with, you said there were four for every blog posts you publish, I'm assuming this is weekly since you said you reach out to 50, 60 people a week, but I might be wrong. There are four different types of things that you do. You said the first one was you reach out to people and companies mentioned in the post. The second one was reverse skyscraper. If people are linked to inferior or maybe, you know, 404 links, your product, that, that your link will supplement, you reach out to them. What are the other, were there two other sort of campaigns you do for each blog post or was it just yes. Yes, let's, let me let me see what I can remember. So this uh, the third <laughs> the third no are the people who've actually shared your uh, the, uh, or less deserving article on social. So lots of folks actually have given him a shout out. Let's say on Twitter, he used a tool like Buzzsumo to actually identify social shares of specific blog posts, right. and then you can have it. Let's say for every blog post that we put out, we put together some competing blog posts. And then we basically go after people who have actually shared them on social because they're normally people of influence. So we sort it based on their followers, right? And we reach out to only people that have, let's say, five, ten thousand 10,000 followers and above. So you can do that using a tool like Basuma. And again, these are a little more advanced. I wouldn't recommend doing this for like smaller companies with limited resources. Obviously, these are... You're reaching out to them saying, notice you shared you know, uh, competitor blog post. Uh, we just wrote a th we just wrote something that we think is, so you'd actually like either do an app mention or even a direct message if they were following you, right? Exactly, yes. Oh, we wow. normally use, we use a responder to find our emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I'll have people, and I mean, all these things, and we don't even have to talk about the fourth method. I think you've already given us so much there, but you know, this is, there's so many best practices here. So for instance, if you want to be recognized by influencers, you need to tag them, right? So on Instagram, you tag people. In an Instagram story, you tag them and it starts a direct message conversation. But when you mention people on the internet, unless they're using some sort of you know, monitoring tool, they don't know you mentioned them. So you need to let them know, right? Um, and this is a great way, as you said, Farzad, just a real, hey, just want to let you know, mentioned you, 
if I if there was a better way to describe you or your ideas, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to revise the article. I mean, there's a lot of things you could say. Absolutely, but a really authentic, you know, thing to do. The other thing you mentioned, which I, which I think is awesome, um, is I always talk about how this isn't about a campaign; it's a commitment, right? And influencer marketing is the same. It's not about a campaign, but uh, it it's something that you do as part of your normal process. It's a line item in your marketing. And that's what you've established. Most people would say, oh, I need more backlinks. Let's do a, a blogger outreach campaign. But you do this for every post. Yes. And I think that's another secret to your success is that by doing that, you're just engaging with more and more people. And as you said, and I've experienced it myself, not everybody responds, right? But even if you get 2%, 5%, 10%, you know, Wayne Gretzky, you know the quote, you miss all the shots you don't take. Absolutely. So as long as uh, your content's great and you personalize the email and you're somewhat, you know, you're, you're somewhat respectable. And I've found like with my podcast, I, so I, I use Respondent to reach out for podcast interviews. And just today I had one saying, which podcast I manage 16 and why? And I've done the same when people reach out to me and I don't really know them. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. It just happened serendipitously that the podcast I was trying to get on that I use Respondent for, one of my LinkedIn connections who bought my book was friends with the person who did the podcast, the actual host, not the radio engineer. Oh, I see. Okay. Said, oh, I'm really sorry for the confusion. Actually, I was able to get introduced, you know, sorry. And then um, she reached back going, oh, I thought I recognized the name. He'll say, oh, no worries. And you know what I mean? So this is where I talk about in my book, there's a chapter, the more influence you have, easier it is to work with influencers Absolutely. when you have 10,000 twitter followers you can say if you update your post i'll shirt with 10,000 followers i have 220,000 followers so i don't really care but if someone said i have 500,000 followers i'm going to listen to them and that's sort of how the world works but um, and that's why it's important to build influence and that's how you end up monetizing is from that influence you get more you traffic wake up neil tomorrow you know or, or one day you're like oh i have a quarter million followers no you built that you worked for it you know and that that's what a lot of people get wrong you're like yeah i'm not neil schaefer right i don't have that many followers so there's no point in doing all this but the thing is that you gotta have to start from somewhere right you yep. start small of course obviously at the beginning it's not going to be as efficient it's not going to be as you're not gonna, you know if i reach out to podcasts they're like who the heck is Farzad Rashidi? I can't even pronounce your name, right? <laughs> but over time, you know, now, you know, I, it's funny because we were actually uh, pitching myself to go on a few podcasts using Respondent, just similar to the way you're doing. Yep. And uh, now people actually do recognize the name. Sometimes they're like, oh, you're the Visme guy. And, <laughs> so, and then guess what? Once you're on a podcast, you're going to be able to say, I, I have also been a guest on. Exactly. You know, and yeah, because I have podcasts that want to interview me. I've already interviewed A, B, C, D. So it's like, of course I'm going to join. I mean, you interviewed Seth Godin. I mean, you know, wow, this is an honor. So that's this this way of looking at marketing through this concept of influence. This is what I mean, right? When you um, look at it that way. And so I, you know, far as that's funny because I used to turn away a lot of podcast interview requests. But now I realize that podcasters actually yield tremendous influence. I see people get amazing numbers of, you know, I, I look at how many visits does a weekly blog post get on your blog? You can probably 2x, 3x, 4x that in terms of number of listeners to your podcast. And, and, and therefore, I realized, wow, podcasters have amazing influence. And I want to be a more and more podcast, which is why I did my own campaign. So Absolutely. I think we're sort of, uh, we, you know, as far as that, we could keep talking for like an hour. But there's one <laughs> other question as we get near the end that I, I, I want to make sure I get your answer to, because I think this is going to help a lot of people that have listened so far. Absolutely. You, you talked about, you know, getting your content ranked for target keywords. So you talked about the process of sort of, you know, create, of the keyword research 
and then creating great content and then, you know, the backlink. So this, now you're doing all that with a much more focused approach, I take it? Absolutely. Yes. So we have a process set up. So basically, you know, every single blog post or every single team member has a process to follow. Right. And that exactly comes after a blog post gets gets published. So the outreach team actually knows exactly what to do when we get a new blog post or when we roll out a new landing page, what to do with it to make sure it's actually targeting specific keywords that we want to rank for. Mm -hmm. And that's just the starting point. So we actually start taking into consideration, okay, what are some of the longer form keywords that we can also rank for, right? Right. And then we try to see whether there's any point in the content that we can include those keywords or include those sections as well to make sure that we max out the number of keywords that we're ranking for for that specific piece of content. Uh, But all of that trickles down to getting quality backlinks for individual bloggers. And that's what a lot of bloggers actually don't take into account that even though you have a high domain authority or domain rating, what really determines the success or basically the failure of your, uh, of your content is actually your page authority. So what other relevant authority sources are actually linking back to that specific blog post or specific page for that target keyword. So average is not a one-time game. You're like, okay, well, when I get to this point, I'm done. No, this is something you're going to have to do for every single post, making sure that because if you actually look up, let's say on Ahrefs, you know, for a specific keyword, it normally says, yes, you need like, let's say 50 backlinks to be able to rank for this keywords. So there's something that you're going to have to do over time consistently. Yeah, and I find that, that that whole idea of like domain authority, right? So mine is like 55 and it recently moved up from 54. So that's good. But I tell people it's like, the, you know, the magnitude scale for earthquakes. If you want to move from like 10 to 20 or if you want to move from 10 to 20, it's like going from a 5.0 to a 6.0 and it's not increased by 20%. It's it's an increase by 10x, right? When you go up by 10% or when you when you double, you go from like a 50 to a 51. So it's, it's a long haul. It's a long, slow burn, but you got to start. And here's the thing, the easiest way to start. I'm a huge fan of SEMrush. Going to give those guys a shout out. Oh and yeah. There's other tools you can use. You set up a tracker, you put in your keywords. If you're not in the top 100, I mean, we all want to get to the to top one, but if you're not in the top 100, you need to create content around those keywords. If, if you want to rank, you got to publish the content targeted for those keywords. And this, and that's really the start. Maybe for a lot of people listening to this, a lot of my clients, you know, that have been a little late to the game with inbound marketing, that's the starting point. And I also want to say, Farzad, it's funny that you mentioned the beekeeper analogy. I actually had a beekeeping company reach out to me last night as a really? new client. So, no. Farzad, is, is Respona like spying on my email communication? I'm just joking. But, um, but yeah, it's a small world. So far as that, it's, it's really, I'm all about process, right? Everybody that knows me know I talk about Edwards Deming and uh, the Deming Circle PDCA cycle. And everything I do is about process. And I won't do something unless you have a process. Because as Edwards Deming said, if you don't have a process, you don't know anything. So yeah. I love the fact that not only do you have this process, but you've built that process into Respona. So you may not have the big size team that Farzad has sitting there, you know, on top of the castle there of organic search results with that traffic and able to hand off these things to various people. But you do have, you, you could have a Respana. And if you have Respana, it's the easiest way to scale to replicate a lot of what you've been talking about. So, you know, thank you. And I, I know you've just gotten started. You're at the tip of the iceberg. You're going to keep developing a great tool. So uh, I can't wait for all the updates. And as far as that, just one, you know, I'm going to link up to obviously Visit Me Respana, the ebook, even that the uh, Game of Thrones infographic that I talked about, that case study. Any uh, last words or any other sort of links or uh, places where you recommend people go to find out more about you or, or Respana? Absolutely. No, I highly recommend the ebook. And actually, one thing we've been very careful about in the ebook is that a lot of folks don't have the budget to go big. 
So we, what we've done is that we actually laid down the process with the most, uh, I would say, or the least number of tools they could possibly use. So we actually don't use Respona. We actually go through the process like how you can do this manually yourself. Right. right. What I'm trying to say is that uh, I want to encourage all the uh, folks that are listening. Like, yes, I'm a, I'm a one man show. I only have like two other team members and they're developers. I'm the only person managing the company. What I'm trying to say is that you don't need to have a large team to actually get started. You can start small and sc- scale from there. And what I'm trying to say is that once you put out content, once you start creating, uh, I would say uh, something that's worth reading, you know, for the and, and just talking from your own experience then you can actually do the outreach manually yourself. You don't necessarily have to have all these fancy tools. And then once you hit a point that you're like, okay, it's become a mess. I can't manage this myself manually. Then you start looking for tools like Responder to kind of streamline the entire process and kind of get things more organized to keep your sanity. But what I'm trying to say is that it's very simple to get started. You don't need any equipment. You don't need any team members. You can do this yourself. As soon as you, you, know, you spend like another... I would say an hour or two out of your day trying to do this uh, strategies for the long, long term. I give this advice. How much is an hour of your time worth? Okay. And most people would say, hopefully you're saying, you know, 50, 100, 150, 200, whatever it is, right? Just spend the hundred dollars a month and get the tool because it's going to save you several hours. Also, it's going to give you statistics and data to show how successful you are so that you invest more in it. And as you run different campaigns, some are going to perform better, some worse. You're going to get better and better with time. So long as you follow my advice with, with the, you know, the Deming, the PDCA circle, and, and you're always using the, the, the concept of Kaizen. But really, time is money for all of us listening to this podcast. And really, uh, you know, Respana is, is going to save you. Once you understand the ROI of this, and in order to understand that, you know, listen again to this podcast, check out that ebook, do some searches for back, the top backlink building strategies, and you're going to find that a lot of those strategies – a lot of keywords are going to be things that we talked about. Farzad, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much. I hope a lot of people uh, reach out to you. I'm really excited about the future for Respond and seeing uh, where you go with the tool. Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. All pleasures mine. It's been, it's been, it's always great. Every time I talk to you, it's like, it puts a smile on my face for some reason. Well, I've got some energy <laughs> because uh, Vizme is, for lack of a better word, really uh, to, to get to that much traffic and domain authority you put so much work into that, but you were also smart about it, right? Work smart. You, sometimes you need to work hard, but you always need to work smart. And uh, it, it's it's very much an inspirational story that I think more people need to hear. So I'm more happy to I get inspired by it each time and I want to do more. And now I got... Now I got like more ideas bubbling in my head. Man, I got to do more Respond campaigns. So I'm going to start to get busy. And uh, once again, Farzad, thank you so much. And I'm Absolutely. sure we'll be in touch again really soon. My pleasure. So all pleasures, my Neil. And for any of the members of the audience who need some help with some strategy, if they just want to pick my brain or have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. My email address is farzad at respond.com. Feel free to Neil also put that email in there. More than happy to help anybody I can. All right. Thank you so much, Farzad. Right. My pleasure. Um, He's he's good people, folks. We wanna we wanna do business with people that we that we like, know, and trust, and that we can really utilize as an advisor. So if we're trying to figure out this whole SEO and digital influence and building backlinks, let Farzad be your advisor. He's gonna get real busy real soon, I'm sure. But when while he's not too busy, this is a good time. So make sure you take advantage of that. Reach out to him. I know that uh, I'll be asking him questions really shortly. But uh, hey, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Bye bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Farzad as much as I did. Please make sure that you hit that subscribe button if you haven't to 
continue to hear our upcoming podcasts and interviews. I will say that the next interview podcast I have is actually a great little interview that I did with no other than John Lee Dumas. If you love podcasting, I'm sure you are going to love that interview talking about podcasting and influence. So that's going to be episode number 166. Make sure you subscribe. As always, I really, really appreciate your comments. Please, if you've gotten any value out of this podcast, I always have people say, Neil, how can I help you? That is the number one thing you can do to help me is by leaving a review. And if speaking of reviews, if you've already read my new book, The Age of Influence, an Amazon review goes a long, long way. So thank you in advance. You know, stay safe out there. Keep up the fight. Use your voice when necessary to speak up on things that are important for all of us. And wherever you are in the world, make it a great virtually social day. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.